Welcome to the Fellowship College Podcast. We're back again. <laughs> well, nobody listening will actually know what's happening right now, but to fill you in, because we're all about transparency here <laughs> at Fellowship College, we had lofty, lofty dreams of doing an entire season where we would cover essentially 2,000 years of church history in eight to 10 episodes, and we were going to become experts on the subject, and we were just going to crush it. We are going to dive into doctrine and theology and important people and all that stuff sounds great because it is great, mm -hmm. but we also have very, very busy jobs and lives. And by we recorded two episodes, which I'm sure we'll release at some point in the future. <laughs> we recorded two 50 minute long <clears throat> episodes where we barely scratched the surface, took lots of prep time. Mm -hmm. And we said, you know what? This might be a better summer podcast <laughs> when we have a little more free time on our hands and so yeah we did we did um make that decision after josh found me crying in the office a few weeks ago well, i wasn't gonna be <laughs> that transparent but thank, thank you guys. No, thanks, for, thanks yeah. for the vulnerability absolutely here. that's we're just trying to breed vulnerability <laughs> that's good that's good and so found I, me crying <laughs> in the office along with eight of my other male co-workers i just want to put that they out were there. all crying too no, <laughs> I cried. They found me crying. Josh did. You know what? We we love the the empathy. I'm a yeah. I'm a sympathetic crier for sure. Okay. If I see someone else crying about anything, I'll probably cry. I think that's good. That's good. Not you, book out. <laughs> but we've seen book out cry. No, we have. Best, yes. cry. Best day of my life was mm -hmm. seeing book out cry. Same. I, I brought that up to a student about a week ago. Sorry, book out. <laughs> no, feel free. Use my crying for the benefit of others. For, we were just for talking the, about how great fall break was. It was just. A it great was so time. great. It was. I can't. I'm yeah. actually excited about I next am. year already. Yeah, plug fall break and sign up. And so instead of church history, we thought we'd kind of go back to where this podcast started. The whole point of us even starting this podcast was we want to meet y'all where you're at. We want to answer the questions that are on your mind, like the conversations that you're having with, with peers and, and coworkers and roommates, the things that maybe keep you up at night or that cause you some sort of stress or anxiety or doubt. We want to, we want to help you to just start to answer some of those questions. And so every, every episode we do this season is from a question or sometimes multiple questions that, that you have submitted. And if you want to submit a question, you can, you can, there's a link on our Instagram that you can go fill out a question and, uh, we'll basically answer questions that are, are repeated or that we think are the most relevant to, uh, students in college right now. And so that being said, the, the biggest question maybe I've been asked as of late is what is your sock buying strategy? <laughs> like everybody has a different sock buying strategy. It's not, it's not. And you so threw me off there. <laughs> like what's your strategy when you buy socks? You know what I'm saying? Like, do you go, 
do you all the same color? Mm. Do you go for like some really nice socks that you think will last you a while? Mm. Do you go TJ Maxx and Mm-mm-mm. just, okay, okay, what's your sock <laughs> buying strategy? <laughs> um, mine is very utilitarian. It is like, if I'm getting, I always think, okay, I need socks, like longer socks. Um, you know, they could wear like pants that like aren't going to like show your ankles and stuff like that. And then like no shows, basically. Those are the two that I'm going to wear. And I'm wearing no shows right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not anymore. I used to, but I'm not anymore. I don't buy white socks. They get so dingy and foul. I'm like, <laughs> and if you wear them gray. around your house. Oh yeah. They're, they're, they're so it doesn't dirty. matter how clean your floors are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The bottoms. No. Um, and so I almost always buy gray socks. Like I'm wearing gray, no show Nikes. Those are my go-to. I like it. They're pretty cushioned. They fit well. Um, those are my go-to no show. Can I give a hot take? Like Bombas is trying to change the world. One, I'm out on Bombas. We can talk later about that. That's a whole podcast Mm -hmm. podcast episode, (laughs) but I bought like the multi-pack from Bombas, whereas like every sock was a different color. Don't do that. That is a trap. Because what happens is you can you never one. find the pair. Like yeah. I, I've one time I got a six pack of them. I, I swear one time I was trying to just find a pair of socks and I found one of all six of them <laughs> before finding a matching pair. Yeah. And I was just like, you know what? If I could impart any wisdom to anyone in college or in their twenties, I'd say find the color that you like the best. So gray for mm-hmm. book out, it's black for me. I agree with the white, the white thing hundred percent. And just buy all the same color. Yep. That way it's so easy to match. If you lose one, no big deal. So I have anything to add before we get to the second most asked question. <laughs> I think I'm still in my sock journey. Um, I did. I did buy socks from TJ Maxx a few weeks ago. Good. And you know what? Just simple white socks, ankle, you know. And, and they're working for me. They are getting dirty, though. Like, they're dingy. You're right. I like, know. walking around. I sweep my floors all, all the time, guys. Yep. I'm a very clean human, and they're they're just getting gross in it. I, I have noticed that. So maybe I will switch to the black or gray. Yeah. I'll keep you updated. I know it's really important. One time I mentioned um, the fact of your socks getting dirty if you walk around sock-footed in the house um, at Joanna. Oh, I know. And I remember Joanna <laughs> got after me assuming that she had dirty floors. <laughs> and I was like, no, this isn't about how clean your floors are. This is about the socks you're wearing. Like you could go to the Queen of England and like her house. <laughs> she lived in a Buckingham palace. palace. Yeah. That, thank you. That's the one. You could go to Buckingham Palace and your socks would still get dirty. Yeah. I'm positive. Yep. Anyway, so <laughs> now, I mean, we could just end the episode right now. That's been your most asked question. So now you know. Um, but the question that we're going to talk about today and dive into, this is one that's actually been asked multiple times in multiple different ways is what does heaven look like? Or another way to ask that is what happens after I die, if I'm a Christian, or what does eternal life look like? And so how have you heard students specifically talk about this uh, previously? I think, which I'm super pumped about because it means that we're pulling from scripture. It's a lot of, I get a lot of answers of like just descriptions that you'll find in like Revelation 21 and 22 about like there not being any more um, hurt, sin, death, mourning. Um, 
it's uh, like the description is like there's no night because God is present forever. And so it's basically like a lack of all of the things that make this life really hard and suffering. Um, and then pairing that with things like it's perfect, it's peaceful, stuff like that, basically. So it's, it's more general descriptions is what people usually give whenever I hear that question get asked that are very true. I mean, it's literally straight out of scripture. Um, but very, very few times do I hear a specific, this is exactly what it's going to look like physically, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping this is making its way out of the culture, but I do still think it's a little bit relevant. The idea of like the fluffy clouds, the floaty the, cloud space, uh huh, and like the the angel babies and the, have you the had people gay. tell you like that's literally what they? Oh, that's what I thought before I became I, a Christian. That's well, what yeah, I yeah, no, too. Yeah, 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 totally. No, I totally mm-hmm. agree. But like, if you're hearing like if I were to go up to like one of the girls mm-hmm. who knows you, hangs out with you, and I'm like, hey, what do you think that heaven physically looks like? Do you think they would give that description? No, I think I think that a lot of them would say, "Oh, I used to think that, but now." And then they would give the answer nice. that you did. We're moving in the right direction. I think we yeah. are. I think we are moving in the right direction. Part of it's, I grew up with the whole left behind thing, yeah. and a lot of those caricatures of of heaven, like you die and you're just like mm-hmm. you just basically teleported, lev- levitate, levitate, yeah. you know. And so, uh, I do think that's moving out of the culture. Which is which is good. When I was in youth group growing up, it was it was basically heaven was a tool to convince you to p- pray a prayer or sign a card. Mm-hmm. It's like Jesus was wasn't even really a part of the equation. It was more, hey, hell sounds like a really terrible place. The f- fire, torture, Satan. You don't you don't want that. Imagine the best day of your life. Imagine Disneyland or imagine this trampoline park in the sky. <laughs> Is that the best day of your life? <laughs> when, I, when I was like nine, it was okay. for sure. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and imagine that times 10 and that's heaven. It's like, okay. Or it was, you, you start to read Revelation and you're like, they just sing the same songs over again. And as like, as a middle schooler, you're thinking, I, I usually just wait for those songs to be over. Mm-hmm. I'm just ready for, for it to be over so we can play games again. Like just singing songs over and over again, that sounds kind of weird and boring. And so heaven growing up wasn't something that I was really looking forward to. And I think part of it is because we weren't actually talking talking about it the way the Bible views it. Mm-hmm. And I even think the idea of the goal, like you said, to be not go to hell, we want to go to heaven. Uh, Bible scholar N.T. Wright like beats this to death. This is like his main thing that he talks about. But that like the story of the Bible isn't even proposing that the main goal in life is what we usually think of as going to heaven. It 100% is heaven but that's more better interpreted of um experiencing eternity with god the way that he has designed life um and so it's not just escaping here and going to the better place which is very plato philosophy like this is bad we need to go to the good place um 
it's way more than that, which we'll get into. Well, let's let's do that. Let's get into that. So, f- from a biblical perspective, what what does heaven, or to put it a better way, what does eternal life look like for Christians? Eternal life is going to be here on this earth, and I think we forget about that a lot of times. Not this earth. It'll be a restored, new, unbroken, redeemed earth. Is it is it brand new, or like this one's just like recreated? It's this one recreated. Okay. Right? Why, why are you asking that? Am oh, I? <laughs> I'm just putting you on the spot. Some people think differently. No, I know. I think it's this earth, and I think it's completely redeemed and restored. Do you guys disagree? I'm not sure. Okay. Some I've heard some people talk about like, so a different version of that is um, like this earth mm-hmm. is completely done away with and then a brand new thing is created. And every time I hear somebody talk about that, I'm imagining the Death Star going. <laughs> I was thinking, oh. I was thinking the <laughs> exact gosh. same thing. Yeah. The Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. So what's like, the new earth, whether it's this earth restored or completely okay. new earth, it actually it actually doesn't make that big of a difference. Okay. Well, personally. um, or yeah, regardless, it is going to be, um, almost going back to that garden state that we see in Genesis at creation, um, in that beautiful, complete, um, sinless world that Adam and Eve were in. Um, it was broken and we now live in this broken world, but when, Jesus returns and he restores everything. It is going to be um, this new heavens, new earth imagery that we get in Revelation 21, where we are going to have an unbroken um, world that is completely without sin, completely um, good. Kind of like what you were saying, Josh, earlier. You know, if you think of all the good things that you experience here on this earth and in your life, it is that times 10,000. Every good and perfect gift is from the Lord. And if we think about just the relationships that we have, um, oh my goodness, I was, I was thinking about this the other day, but just the people that I have in my life that I love so much, we are going to still be friends in heaven, but we are no longer going to be able to hurt one another um, because we are no longer sinful human beings. We're going to be restored. Um, there's no more brokenness, no more grieving, none of that. And so that's that's something that I think of when I often think about the new heaven to earth. Yeah, and of course, the the greatest part, in my opinion, about the garden, which will also be the sweetest thing in heaven, is that Adam and Eve walked with God. And so the, the presence of God will be with us tangibly, physically, in this new new earth. And that that's why it's almost laughable thinking about heaven being presented without Jesus as just this really fun place, which it will be fun, like you're saying. But if you don't enjoy the presence of God, if you don't enjoy walking with Jesus, even though we only get to see that in part right now, you are not going to enjoy heaven Mm -hmm. or this new earth because part of what is so sweet about it is that that relationship that's been restored between us and God will be perfectly restored. And those relationships, like you're saying, that flow from that, all the relationships we have, will be perfectly restored. There won't be uh, any capacity for sin or brokenness. You can even think about 
all the things as you're walking through your day-to-day life and year-to-year that you maybe think, I just feel like it shouldn't be like that. Whether that's personal things, whether that's relational things, whether that's global things like pandemics and earthquakes and tsunamis. You're like, man, it just shouldn't be like that. Those things won't be like that in in this new restored earth, which is so sweet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so thinking about like this new restored earth, that means it's like physical, right? Like we're actually going to be like, oh, we're not going to be spirit bodies, <laughs> physical, <laughs> physical bodies, but we'll have new bodies mm-hmm. as Paul says. Yeah. Yeah. First Corinthians 15. Yep. The, that, uh, perishable will inherit the imperishable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's huge. I think, um, growing up, even I believed that after we died, um, if we got to heaven, then we would just be these like spirit beings. Almost. I don't, I think I believed that we would become angels in some sort of way. Yeah, totally. Um, and Hebrews is like, yeah, but you'll be better. <laughs> absolutely than not. Yeah. Um, go read Hebrews chapter two, one and two. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's important to remember that Jesus, after he was resurrected, he had a physical body. Um, and, and we can look at that and we can look at that example and know that, okay, when we die and when Jesus returns and we are on this new earth, we are going to have physical bodies. We are going to be physical beings. Um, and, and I think that's sometimes overlooked, but why is that important? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think if we look at even, if you start in Revelation, the very end, literally Revelation 21 and 22, the beginning of chapter 21, it's coming right off the heels of Satan being judged, um, humanity being judged, and those who have come into relationship with God, like being fully restored. And the very beginning of 21, it says, and then, and John speaking, and then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And like that phrase, if you read that, you should be like, <gasps> it's here. Because if you go all the way back to the beginning in Genesis with creation, Eden, Josh, like you mentioned, walking with God, whenever the fall happens, there's a schism that happens there. The huge story of the whole Bible is God bringing people back into that functional living relationship with him where we are bearing his image, ruling and reigning with him on the earth um, in fullness with him. And so literally the end of the story is that that finally does happen. Um, we were, we are created physical bodies. We are physical spirit beings. Like we, we both have experienced spiritual and physical together. And that is literally what our world is created in. And so the idea of that being restored back to, um, and even arguably better than as it was initially created, because now you have this fullness of humanity that is with God and not just the beginning of humanity. Um, We are now experiencing literally to a T the way God designed life, which is physical. It's a physical existence for us. Yeah, that's so good. There'll be physical bodies. There'll be work, which some of y'all are like, wait, what? There'll be work, but it'll be only like the fruitful enjoyable part part of the curse was that work there was work before sin Mm -hmm. in the garden but part of the result of the fall was that work was going to be hard and and so in this restored earth heaven and earth 
there'll be there'll be work, but it won't be it won't be hard. It'll be it'll be fruitful, and it'll be we'll see the joy in it, and we'll see that uh, that we are like Jacob said, partnering with God in ruling and reigning over His creation, which is exactly what Adam and Eve were called to do in the very beginning. There'll be there'll be play in having you get the you get the I don't know what sports there'll be or what hobbies there'll be. I'm not sure if there's set, settlers of Catan and oh, heaven. Or I will be bird watching yeah, like no other. There'll be lots of, there'll be animals there. The question is always asked, will there be dogs in heaven? Oh. Yes. I don't know if your dog will be in heaven, <laughs> but there will be dogs in heaven. Uh, I can't remember where, where it talks about it, but you know, the lion and the gazelle who are like natural enemies will be friends. And uh, this is something really beautiful to that. And so as you're listening to this, it could be really easy to hear that and start to think, oh man, I just, I can't wait for that, which that's actually a good response, but it can be really easy just to stop there. But that's not how Jesus views it. Actually, Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven is now. And he prays your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he teaches his disciples, hey, this is how you should pray. That that the kingdom of God should should continue to um, reach all the nations, all the world. It should start to like permeate this broken, sinful world. And so all the things that we're looking forward to in heaven, where it's going to be perfect, we're going to walk with God without sin, or corruption, our role as followers of Jesus is to slowly and steadily continue to bring that vision, that rule and reign here on earth now, and to, to go into a broken world uh, with this vision that, hey, the, be- the best is, is yet to come. And so, again, that only scratches the surface on what is heaven going to be like, but Uh, If you have more questions, we're always down to talk. So until next time, grace grace and peace. peace.